1: of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone,
2: welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walantowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the U.S. declaring war on Mexico. So grab your manifest destiny. And let's get civical. Body. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. And today we're talking about war. <sighs> yeah. What is, is it, it good for? for? Absolutely nothing. Which I'm pretty sure is a bit I've already used before on a war episode, but name yeah, me a better why? war song. You can't. You can't. You so- can't. And it's a good bit it's a good bit. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. We are talking about a war. We are, of course, talking about the war everybody knows about, um, which is when the U.S. (laughs) declared war on Mexico. (laughs) Look, if you, like me, were required to take a year of Texas history in your primary education, this is something you know about because Texas and its Big players were big parts of this whole thing. So I'm excited because this feels like feels like I'm coming in knowing something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You you are. I am coming in knowing nothing at all, except that I imagine like I imagine why we're angry in Mexico. Like border dispute. But I really, I I know nothing about the, like, why, the who, what, why, when, where of any of it. Or, like, I don't
2: know Texas's side of any of this, so. Sure. Yeah. I feel like the U.S. feels like how a significant other feels when their partner hates somebody else, but they don't have skin in the game, but they have to uh, seem supportive. Yes. That's yes, what yes. this feels like. Cause this yes. really is Texas V Mexico part two. Yes, Part one round one went to Texas now we're on round two, but of course Texas is now a part of the United States at this point. So that's why it's the United States, but really it's Texas's fight. Right. It's like
1: that meme that's like, some dad is like, my daughter came home and said, Daddy, we don't like Britney anymore. And the dad is like, now I got a beef with a four-year-old named Britney. You ever seen that one? It's pretty good. Oh,
2: oh, I thought, I for some reason, I thought the daughter was saying that she doesn't like Britney as in Britney Spears, which is the only Britney I recognize. And I was like, sure. how could somebody say that?
1: Oh, no. Some like other... I don't no, even but know I have seen is.
2: that video. It's so good, though. Yes. It's so good. I have seen... I have seen that video and I've looked at that video and been like, yeah, that'll be me in seven years. You know, my kid's going to come home and be like, you know, Claudia said I was ugly. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go kill somebody named Claudia today. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to have a a, a heart to heart with Claudia. Yes.
1: Yes. Can't wait. I mean, some of the shit that like, oh my God. Kids are horrible. I've never wanted to hurt. horrible human beings more than to hurt the children who hurt the feelings of the kids that I loved.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: don't fuck with the kids that I love. Like, I'm sure they're assholes, but, like, I don't think that, and I don't know about that nonsense. All I know is that that other kid over there is a POS, and I don't like that kid, because that kid was mean to the kid that I love. So that one, I would like to do mean things to.
2: Yeah. Kyle and I are going to get a bail fund started for me for whenever we start having kids just because there's no way there's no way that I'm making it through like their middle school years without blood on my hands. No, no way.
1: Those those and that is aside from like serial killers and rapists like 12 year olds are the worst kind of human. So
2: So horrible. So horrible. So horrible. So bad, and like I know Kyle and I are gonna have groovy ass kids. Oh but my god! Just based on genetics and our own paths in life, those middle school years are gonna be tough. Tough. Gonna be tough. Mhm. It's re- they're really gonna have to. Our kids are gonna have to really hold on and know that they will blossom, but it's just a little late. <laughs> just a little late. So they gotta hold on. <laughs> so we just gotta get them through like ninth grade. Oh my god! And, and then, then they're they'll gonna be figure goldy. out that they're funny. Yes. And then it's over. It's
1: over. My God. And everybody else who peaks in like 10th, 11th, 12th grade, all those kids left in the dust. 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 Those kids, nothing. Your kids are going to be like rising to the top of the cream of the milk. Yeah. Right. It's going to be over. Yep.
2: All that to say, that is what this uh, war against Mexico is like. (laughs) Exactly. Great metaphor. (laughs) Rising to the top. So before we jump into the episode, you
1: want to tell us about today's sources? Oh my God, I want nothing. I want to do nothing more than to tell you about the sources. We have three, the Constitution Center. Love. The Senate herself. Absolutely. I called her up. I said, hey, what do you know about the war on Mexico? Give me everything you got. Give me everything you got. And the Bill of Rights Institute, which... I believe we've used before. She's come in handy for random things, this being one of them.
2: A oh, handy. Handy little source. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's start with just a brief overview of this whole war situation. So, on May 12, 1846, the United States Senate voted 40 to two to go to war with Mexico. President James K. Polk had accused Mexican troops of having attacked Americans on U.S. soil north of the Rio Grande, which is a big river in Texas. A.K.A. Rio, which means river, Grande, which means big. But Mexico claimed this land as its own territory and accused the American military of having invaded Texas Senator Sam Houston, a local legend, perhaps you've heard of the city of Houston of which I grew up. I have. Argued that Texas had been warring with Mexico for a decade over their disputed border. And that once the United States had annexed Texas in 1845, it had inherited that conflict. So to kind of back up history a little bit for the longest time, The territory of Texas was a part of Mexico. Then we have Texas v. Mexico and the Mexican War, the Texas-Mexican War. Texas ends up prevailing, gets out of Mexico, becomes Republic of Texas, lives its life for a handful of years as the Republic of Texas. It's its own little country doing its thing. Then the United States comes sniffing at the door. We should do when the U.S. annexed Texas. Like, we should do an episode just on that. But anyways... The U.S. and Texas eventually were like, I think we would be good for each other. United States annexes Texas. Now, Texas is a part of the United States, but tensions are still real bad between Texas and Mexico because not just a few years ago, there was a big old war in which Texas won and Mexico lost. So that brings us to today. So now Texas is a part of the United States. They're having border disputes, which, if it's a dispute with Texas, it's a dispute with the United States because they're one and the same now. And Mexico's like, oh, I'm sorry, this is actually still our territory. And Texas is like, we literally had a whole war where we won. We won. And that's what's going on. And also
1: Texas is like, um, did you not? know that we we're no longer just the republic
2: of texas we're the united states we now have our big daddy behind us texas is the united States. states so it is it is now it's it's gone from like texas v mexico to the united states v mexico simply because texas is now a part of the united states but it was not always so the senate votes 40 to 2 to go to war with mexico about this dispute The House had already adopted the war resolution by a similarly lopsided margin. So everybody's dying to go to war. Despite the seemingly overwhelming support, the vote in the Senate masked great uneasiness and deep partisan divisions over the war. Dun, dun, dun.
1: So the Northern Whigs feared that war with Mexico would result in the United States gaining new territories in the Southwest, which would encourage the expansion of slavery because those territories could be slave territories, not free territories. Mm-hmm. At the same time, South Carolina Democratic Senator John C. Calhoun worried that opening the divisive issue of slavery in the territories would encourage more anti-slavery agitation.
2: So he's like, let's not This <laughs> guy's such it. a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit. He's like, let's not talk He's about like, it. I don't want. I don't want any more bad press on slavery. Yeah, no, like, no more bad press. We don't need it. Stop talking
1: about it. It's bad. We don't need yeah. to let people know it's bad. They already know it's bad.
2: Yeah, but please, we still want to do like, it. We have to protect the reputation. Yeah. Northern Whigs also
1: questioned the need for war, but they remembered how New England's opposition to the War of eighteen twelve had destroyed the old Federalist Party, and they were anxious to avoid a similar political disaster huh yeah they are like mm, we like our party what if this doesn't go our way and
0: remember those
2: federalist guys they totally blew it they totally blew it and now they're not around no more yeah <laughs> and we want the Whigs to last we want the wig the wigs time to- after time ride or die ride or
1: die this all left senator calhoun to lead the opposition to the war Calhoun first tried to slow down the momentum by having the president's message delivered in two and referred to the Foreign Relations Committee and the Military Affairs Committee. So he's like, "I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take this here speech. I'm gonna give you page one and you page two,
0: <laughs>
2: and I'm gonna drown this in the committee. I'm gonna drown. I'm gonna, drown gonna, ho- this in the I'm gonna hope, hope that the committees kill this issue and uh-huh. that it just dies there,
1: right? Because they're like, I-, I can't make sense of this. I only have page two. What's where's the start of this?" <laughs> The Senate agreed to this proposal, but declined to submit the actual war resolution to the committee. The Northern Whigs responded by offering an amendment that would have limited the American role to "quote repelling the invasion," which is an interesting turn of phrase. It's you not.
2: I mean, it's not a war. Not war or repelling. I'm like, this is apple and oranges, guys. It's all fruit. You're a war. Re-
1: isn't repelling the rock thing where you don't you repelled on a
2: rock wall? You are, you are barking up the wrong tree. If you think I have any knowledge of rock climbing, <laughs> you are out of your mind. If you think I'm going to know what the word is for going down a rock wall, descending, falling. Those Dying. are the things that come to mind. <laughs> Dying. <laughs> Splat. That's what I think of.
1: <laughs> I think it is rebelling. So the amendment failed by a vote of 20 to 26, revealing the real split within the Senate. Once that amendment failed, however, most of the Whigs switched their vote to favor the declaration of war and Senator Calhoun abstained. So he's the only one who's like, no, I don't want this. No, I don't want this. No. And eventually everybody's like, but we want it. And then they've war. Yeah.
2: Well, it's like they want it, they they want the semantics of it to reflect something a little bit differently. But when they don't get that, they're like, "Ah, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Well, you sure? We can go to war, whatever.
1: Right. Because fundamentally, they want the war. They're just like, can we
2: get that too? Yeah. Crazy. Well, let's talk about the big question why? Why would they even go to war? Like, what is. Like, why are we mad at Mexico? why are you mad at Mexico? I mean, other than the big oral history I gave at the top of this episode, but, like, why does the United States agree to basically settle this beef that they inherited from Texas? So the question whether to go to war with Mexico was rooted in the idea of, you guessed it, manifest destiny. This concept had deep roots, but flourished within the dynamic society and culture of the early American Republic. So you just, we just so desperately want to go out West. We had Lewis and Clark come in, they found everything and they were like, let's go that way. That's where life is. That's where you can prosper and start a new life and get land and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. It held that the United States was fated to spread across the continent of North America and extend the ideals of liberty, equality, don't know about that, and democracy <laughs> into new territories. Questionable. <laughs> Spill of Rights Institute is flowery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Manifest Destiny also stemmed from economic considerations. The United States had experienced rapid population growth in the decades after the American Revolution. And Americans had an insatiable desire for more land for agriculture. Thus, it seemed to many, both necessary and right, that a bigger population needed more territory. They're like, there's so many of us. There's so
1: many of us. We need more land. We need to we spread need to out. We just go that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Let's get some space. Let's get some space. Forget <laughs> who's there. Yes. This yes, there's is... people there, but just just kick them out. And we'll keep going that way. Right. Not surprising, many American Indians and Mexicans disagreed that the destiny of the United States was so manifest, (laughs) and some (laughs) Americans saw U.S. expansion as conquest. This was certainly the view among the leaders of the Mexican Republic in regard to Texas, California, and other regions of northern Mexico. Which... Is fair. I mean, like, yeah, sure. I'm not saying Mexico does not have a part to play in this, but it's like, it's tr- the argument is true of like, right. yeah, it's manifest destiny. It's also conquering. You're taking land. Right, right, right. It's not
1: yours. Right. <laughs> it's just like, it's, we're meant to be. We're meant to go west. We it's are meant, the greatest de- 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 it's, it's destination. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. You all know, although, like, everybody over there is like, uh, hi, but well, we're here. Hey, <laughs> like, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kind of our house now. In the 1820s, thousands of Americans had moved to South Texas, welcomed by the Mexicans who wanted them to help develop the area and serve as a buffer against attacks by American Indian tribes like the Comanche. But as I said beautifully at the top, the Texans rose up against the Mexican government and won their independence in 1836 Soon after, there were calls for the new Texas Republic to be annexed to S- to the United States. So yeah, the Republic of Texas did not last very long. They, they became a country and were like, "Oh, this is hard. This is very hard. This is, this is very, very troublesome." Yeah. Several attempts to annex Texas failed, but finally, President John Tyler led a successful annexation effort. And Texas joined the Union in 1845. So it was less than 10 years that it was a republic. That's really Which, short. Yeah. I mean, they became a republic and then but they had nothing. They had truly not, I mean, they had some infrastructure built out, but it was like, as far as trade and you have the you have the United States, of course, but the next country that's nearest to you. Is the one you just left, so it's like right. Like it's not like you're about to trade with Mexico, <laughs>
1: right, 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 right. You know, and you're between these two big countries that like right. One is your former, basically like our England, except in- mm-hmm. instead of there being a huge ocean, it's like a river, and yeah. then this other country who like you know is friendly, but like yeah, you know yeah.
2: And like it probably would have been the case that had Texas stayed independent an independent country for longer, that Mexico would have attempted another, like, yeah, grab at them, yeah, like round, like a true round two, right? But like a, yeah, yeah. Wow. We're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors.
1: So, there was a disagreement over the location of the southern border of the new state of Texas. The Mexicans argued that it was the Nueces River, and the American settlers insisted it was farther south at the Rio Grande. When Democrat James K. Polk took office as president in 1845, he promised to acquire more land from Mexico and also hoped to settle the boundary issue in favor of the United States. Meanwhile, more American settlers were making their way into Mexican territories, including California— where there was talk of a revolution to establish an independent, bear-flag republic. Settlers were also increasingly interested in New Mexico, and many Mormons had moved into Utah. Certainly, the Mexicans had reason to be wary of their northern neighbor. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, they're like, we got those people over there, and those people over there, and these people... With their weird religion over there.
2: Yeah. Well, it's also like the United States isn't being quiet about its intentions. James K. Polk is literally like, yeah, we're gonna get more land. <laughs> and the Mexicans are like, that's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> From where <laughs> are you getting all this land? Right. Oh, you're gonna settle the border dispute? Cool. Where are you putting it? Where are you putting it? Mm-hmm. James. Mm-hmm. Although
1: most Americans favored westward expansion, many were not convinced it was a good thing. Some Northerners in particular worried that territorial expansion was the goal of Southerners who actually wanted to preserve their interest in expanding and protecting slavery. True. Right, true. White Southerners enthusiastically supported taking more land from Mexico. And some of them also wanted to expand into the Caribbean and
2: Central America, I love how we're like, like that, you know, we're, we're less than 100 years removed from the Revolutionary War. And the big the big issue that we had was that, like, we couldn't control ourselves and our own land. And it was this very imperialistic thing that everybody was rising up against. And the United States government at this point is being like, hear me out. What if we become imperialistic mm-hmm. and we just start taking over countries and they answer to us? You see? Uh, Can you see it? Can Mm -hmm. you see the vision? Can you see the vision? Like, you guys. You guys. Also, I just, like, it keeps making me laugh how people are supporting, like, yeah, take land from Mexico. Take it. And Mexico's like, (laughs) what are you talking about? What land? (laughs) You
1: can't just... You, just, you can't a just land. take the land. That's, that's, not a, that's not a thing that you are
2: allowed to it's do. Not how this works? That's it's not not how how this works. What are you talking about? No, no. You're like, oh my god, yes, we support that, a hundred percent. Oh my god, go take it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, adding new territory south of the thirty-six thirty latitude, which had marked the boundary between free and slave states since the Missouri Compromise in eighteen twenty would allow for the expansion of the South's plantation economy and slavery. It would also give Southerners more political power. New slave states would have at least one seat in the House of Representatives and two in the Senate, which would allow the South to protect slavery against the growing criticism in the North. No wonder, then, that so many anti-slavery Northerners feared a war with Mexico would be fought to build an empire for slavery.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And what's so interesting is like you really do start to see just the little nuggets of the Civil War mm-hmm. budding here. Yeah. You know, even though that's not for another decade or so, like this is where the conversations start. Yep. Is this it's like it, it comes to a head. It's like we we put a band-aid on the issue with the Missouri Compromise and was like, "Okay, the states no, this says yes, this says no, this says yes. But then we get to the point where we're seeing, like, oh, there's now, like, a lot of yeses. And that feels bad. And this thing is bad. Like, we got We actually have to deal with this issue. Like, it can't be right half yes, half no for right. slavery. It doesn't. It's like it's not sustainable. And it just keeps piling and piling up. Piling up and piling up because it's either bad or it's not bad. And if it's bad. Right. It's
1: allowed or it's not allowed. Right. I'm on the other side of this argument, I guess. If you if we were doing to, to do the analogy, but it's like you know how people who are pro life, I imagine, believe about abortion. It's bad. You can't have it in some states and not the others. Sure, it's all it's all bad. I don't. That's not my belief, but you know, right. That's
2: that would be their argument. All right. Um. Let's go to the section which you have delightfully called a setup. <laughs>
1: I got really creative with that title.
2: A setup. So a setup happens. It, w- it is a setup. Do you recall from
1: your history learning when you were a kid that it that it is a setup?
2: I don't it's not triggering. Let me when I when okay. I read it aloud, okay. I wonder if it'll come back to me. But let's see. With tensions mounting, President Polk sent troops to the Rio Grande under General Zachary Taylor to protect the border. The Mexicans saw this as an invasion, and so did some Americans. Ulysses S. Grant, an officer under Taylor's command, saw the coming conflict as an unjust war being fought to expand slavery. So even Ulysses, who we'll see later later on, <laughs> is like, this is about slavery. Yeah. Although he did his duty, he later said, quote, We were sent to provoke a fight, but it was essential that Mexico should commence it. It was very doubtful whether Congress would declare war, but if Mexico should attack our troops, then the president could say that the war had already begun and Congress would support the conflict. In other words, Polk wanted political cover for his actions, and he sent Taylor into the disputed territory in hope that Mexicans would attack, and he could blame them for starting the war. And that was exactly what happened. I mean... Talk about strategy. There it is. Yeah, it's a setup. Yeah, I don't think I remember it in terms of a setup because again, we're learning this history through a very specific lens, mm. and this is critical of the United States in some ways, not like overtly, but there's a level of calling it a setup as opposed to military strategy. Right. Like, I right, feel like right. I would have learned about this and like, I like there was no setup. It was like the U.S. went to the like it was their border. And they went there, and then the the Mexicans attacked. Right. Like, that's how it was
1: taught to be. Right, right, right. Like, we just, we were just standing there, and then all of a sudden, like,
2: pew, 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 pew. All of a sudden. (laughs) All of a sudden. We were shot, so we had to defend. We had to defend.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, we had many an ammunition at the ready. Yeah, we just
2: all happened to be there. Right. (laughs) At first, the Mexicans did not respond to the American troops moving into the disputed territory although the Mexican government declared it would fight a defensive war against the United States. General Taylor had his men build a fort on the banks of the Rio Grande River across from the Mexican town of Matamoros. On April 25th, 1846, a large force of Mexican soldiers attacked the U.S. Army patrol and killed 11 Americans. So not only are we like, In the area, and Mexico's like, okay, not going to react. Nope. Then we build a full-ass fort, and Mexico's like, you're putting an infrastructure over my dead dead body! Pew, 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 pew! A few days later, Mexican artillery began to bombard the U.S. fort on the Rio Grande. Taylor retaliated, and hostilities commenced. When news of the fighting reached Washington, D.C., President Polk had what he wanted. He asked the members of Congress to declare war. And as we know, they did. I mean, look, I don't agree with how this has come about, but at least I can at least like acknowledge that like Polk played this. Oh, he did. And, he, and mm-hmm. Mexico like played right into his hands. Yep. You know? Yep. But he, he he gambled and he won tenfold. It he did. Per- according to plan perfectly.
1: Excellent military strategy. So, it's the end of the war. What does that look like? As the war was ending, gold was discovered in California. Many Americans saw the ensuing gold rush as evidence of the validity of Manifest Destiny. We're really looking for, like, solid... You know, solid evidence see, that we're, like, we're on to be the right track.
2: We're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here. Why, why would there be gold if not for us, only
1: United States, to have? To have. Because it wasn't found until we got here. So, obviously, it's for us. Right. So, it's obviously, we're going to take it.
2: And now this is obviously our territory.
1: It's ours. And, right. and because we're ta- it's obviously our state. Please get out. So, discovered the gold. The, so, the gold rush is starting to happen in California obviously manifest destiny manifest destiny things did not turn out as it was expected though as the poet and essayist Ralph Waldo Emerson predicted quote the United States will swallow Mexico but it will be as the man who swallows arsenic which brings him down in turn Mexico will poison us
2: oh my god Jesus Christ <laughs> Ralph
1: oh my god I kept that in because I was like damn that's a that's a good quote Oh my well, God, it's like, Mexico. Will it's poison so, us. I was like, I'm surprised it's so it insulting
2: been, to Mexico. <laughs> I
1: know, but that's why I'm surprised. Like some, you know, some like Republican candidate hasn't like brought that up to make them seem smart, make themselves seem like oh. a literate person. Sure, because it's so like <laughs> it's such a crazy thing to say. As bold it's, it's yeah. buzzy, because he doesn't mean like Mexico, like Mexican people or culture or whatever. He means no, no, like no, Of course not. He means like. This like sparring over territory and like pissing contests yeah. over border the, disputes. The pursuit. And, yeah, he means that. Yeah. He doesn't mean what we would
2: mean by it. No, the pursuit of imperialism, I yeah. think, is what would kill us.
1: Yeah, that's exactly which what is he means. true. Which is true. California's population soon grew large enough for the territory to become a state. Its application to enter the Union as a free state set off a political firestorm between the North and South, however, because part of it lay south of the 3630 line.
2: We never anticipated that there would be no. something that was both. <laughs> what do we do with North and South? Jeez. Jesus Christ. What the heck?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we didn't think that one through. Although the Compromise of 1850 had temporarily eased political tensions over the territorial expansion of slavery, the issue remained unresolved. Ironically, although it started in the name of the nation's collective destiny, the Mexican-American War helped set the stage for the Civil War that ripped the country apart. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It sure did. I mean, it was just... A Band-Aid situation on a Band-Aid situation Mm -hmm. on a Band-Aid situation Mm -hmm. only to find out, oh, my leg's been cut off. This won't do. Oh, no. Well,
1: Band-Aid's not going to fix this. I've put gauze around that pipe now five times and I can't understand why my ceiling is cauterized.
2: cauterized. So odd. So odd. So Mm -hmm. odd that we're going to sort of destroy ourselves because we can't get it together. Enough to realize that slavery is bad. You know? You esta. That. That's us. Always, always an interesting little gal, her history. But that is our episode on the U.S. Declaration of War on Mexico. If you like kind of the vibe and the history, the historical part of this episode, definitely go listen to our Alamo episode. It's a lot of fun. It's really fun. And it's what happens pre the U.S. getting involved. So it helps kind of set the stage for this. Go check it out. And as always, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, please remember to rate, review, subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.